how I feel when Only person who can stop you is the man in the mirror When you look down at your wrists and you see money When you look at your shoes and you see money When that scarf on your neck means money Burberry scars, shrimp and perion Living like a comet, moving amongst the stars $100,000 sports cars, silk massage, menage a trois Yes, I fit a boss Burberry scars, shrimp and perion Living like a comet, moving amongst the stars $100,000 sports cars, silk massage, menage a trois Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Top Rope Wrestling Talk, where we are not exactly the TRWT3 tonight. Tonight, I am not just the coolest, I am not just the greatest group champ in wrestling fucking history and predictions and every other fucking thing you can put on it. I am just insane. And I am joined by a man who, if I could be serious for a second is the hardest working man in podcasting he he takes you from then to now and hopefully through forever he is not from calgary alberta canada but new york is close enough he is also the co-host of the wrestling delorean or he's the host of the wrestling delorean he's the co-host of circle of debate he is the one and only De Niro, and between the two of us, we are the one, the only, the impact players of podcasting, boys and girls. I'm going to let that ride out. <laughs> I know you two might take that down. Nah, we're good. <laughs> and last yeah. minute we found ourselves a manager because what great tag team doesn't need a manager so filling in as the francine to my justin or the the dawn marie to his lance is one of my favorite people on the planet she is the host of ladies night she is the co-host of the rewind network podcast she is a member of the coastal championship wrestling family she is the most temptingest of witches you will ever meet. And goddamn, if she isn't just adorable, please welcome. Oh my God, you're going to make my dimples show. <laughs> please welcome the one and only Ivy, boys and girls. <laughs> hey. Up, guys. I had a pause. I don't know where it went. There it went. Ivy. We have Ivan in the chat already. We have a chat already? This is great. I know. I'm sorry about that, Ivan. We had technical difficulties right from the rip. I had the, the video like lagging on my end, and I guess it brought us on before. It, but I, on my screen was the intro, so apologies for that. We're off to a lovely start. <laughs> Even Ivy's getting shout-outs. Look at this. Apparently. Look What's at up, me? B-Man? What's drill. up, Ivy? No matter where I go, guys, people love me. Can you blame them? 
If I had promoted you being on this show, we'd have 70 people in this chat, minimum. (laughs) Listen, surprise pop-ups are always fun too, right? Absolutely. I always love getting surprised, especially when it's my witchy woman. But yeah, I want to first and foremost thank these guys for showing up and say, Brucey, be careful in that hurricane, stay safe. Wendy, please feel better. She came down with like damn near bronchitis right before the show. We love you. We've got a little TRWT3 remix going for you tonight. And and live for the first time in, I don't know, a month, six weeks. No wonder it's fucking up on me already. I guess I got to go back to recording. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I hope Grandma feels better. And I hope Bruce holds on to his beard in that hurricane. <laughs> right? I don't think a hurricane could you you could have the you could have an you could have like a F five style tornado and then it, and that beard's not moving. <laughs> no, everything but the beard will move, right? Yeah, he will fly off the face of the earth. That not a follicle will move under that chin. <laughs> it, that's Even why it's real? so. That's why it's majestic because it just well, stays. <laughs> that's that's where all of the knowledge and the dedication lies. You see, so that that's you know it's got a nice strong bond holding it to his face from all of that. Okay, fair enough. So. Some would say that. Some would say that's where he keeps all his anger inside for me. But okay, <laughs> it grows every week. Because <laughs> it's the first time I've gotten through an intro without Bruce like contradicting me on something. Like I say, greatest prediction champ. He's like, no, that's Amy. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him for it. Don't get me wrong. Oh. I'm just it's, it's just a fact. Go back and watch it if you don't. Subscribe while you're there. <laughs> Do it. All right, so so let's let's jump into the let's jump into some of this shit. And the the first thing I want to talk about, especially considering I I walked in here with you know said said ten pounds of gold, was was the recent video that Nick Aldis put out that was later taken down, where he said point blank, he's asked for his release from the NWA. Um. He is signed through 2023, but he just doesn't seem to want to be there anymore. And then Billy Corgan was asked about it on Busted Open Radio, and even he didn't quite give a reason outside of a few months ago, Nick Aldis was number one contender for the world title. He was taken out of the match last minute. They put Tyrus in. Then reports started coming up that you know, it was over Billy not wanting to do another Empower. And when he talked when they talked about that on Busted Open, Billy basically said, like, I took a loss the first time we did it. And, you know, coming back and looking at it, I'm thinking to myself, like, we're not WWE. We don't have that top-tier talent where we could just put on an all-women's pay-per-view and I can't necessarily reach out to Tony Khan and say, hey, I want this person, that person, and the other. But apparently Nick has taken offense to this and being pulled, and he wants to move on. So the the first question that comes to my mind, and I guess I'll uh, I guess I'll let the lady go first because I feel like a gentleman tonight. Is can Nick Aldis actually go somewhere else and be the type of name and draw that he was in NWA? Listen. <laughs> All right. Listen. She's got to start rapping now. Mm-mm, yeah. mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
no, no, no, no, no. Listen, honey, I might be from Philly, but I don't see that. Um, <laughs> it just took me back to my 10-year high school reunion when a rap battle ensued and I hid from everybody because they were not passing that microphone to me. Shout out to Coach Book Class of 2012. Um, all right. So I'm a firm believer in make broke, don't fix it. personal choice you know maybe he's looking for other opportunities maybe he's wanting to go a different direction with his career i get that um but he's built his himself up right now right do you really want to risk having to start back down at the bottom again career-wise and then have to completely rebuild you know the the difference in the fan base between different federations is a big thing, right? You have your AEW fans that like certain things. You've got your WWE fans that like certain things, and then you've got your other smaller federation fans and Indies fans, right? There's a different taste in each one of those fan bases, which is why, especially with like AEW, WWE, they're at each other's neck all the time, right? So, I think that if this is a a move in the sense of he's looking to go a different direction, revamp what he's doing, rebrand himself, his character, all of that, it could possibly work. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if I myself would want to risk making that big of a change when you're at a level that he's been at. So that's that's my two cents. You want to take those two pennies and rub them together, be my guest. but. <laughs> that's fair that's fair enough though i i kind of agree with a lot of what you said but I, i'm gonna hold it i'll let my man de niro chime in on this what do you think about all this leaving and could he be as big a name as he is somewhere you know, else ivy brings up a good point because a lot of people don't see that side of leaving one place and going to another they think oh well you're a big name here you're just going to be slotted into like a main event spot in wwe or AEW, and we know that's not the case so that is a good point about having to rebuild yourself and especially with all the work he put in NWA. One, it's hard to even think of an NWA in the modern day without Nick Aldis because of all the work he's put in. And not only that, but what he did for that 10 pounds of gold. Mm. So it's a little weird that he doesn't even want to be there. But I do think that he has the talent, he has the character, he has the total package to become a star anywhere he goes. It's just like what Ivy said, like, does he want to like, build back up from scratch it's it's going to be really interesting i personally i think he's going to be good wherever he goes i think that AEW would be a good spot for him i think he could slide right into that slot that cody was in because that slot never really been you know filled in my opinion but i mean it is what it is like i don't know i don't know like what's necessarily going on like the behind the scenes of what's going on with uh with billy corgan and with all this, but if it is because of Empower, I can understand why Billy Corgan would not want to do another Empower. I mean, if he had a loss on it, and if he doesn't have the roster to do a full women's pay-per-view, then just because your wife is the person who came up with that idea doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a yearly thing. So, I don't know. I, I could see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with both of you guys as far as like him having to rebuild, especially... How old is Nick Aldis at this point? Like he is not a young man. He's, he's been around he's for his forties. Yeah, he's been around for that's, a minute. 
that's not a young breakout wrestling star. Like that's that's not the age. You know not what I mean? Exactly. Like, and and I mean, credibility there. You know, he's he's got the name, but he's got the name with a specific fan base currently and with a specific company. And like you, know, like age is kind of a factor. You know, it's like at at what forties? Can you really go to many different places and? kind of get yourself to the same level that you've been at yeah i just looked it up he's uh 36 36 okay, okay. he's a little younger well, than i thought but he's not exactly 40. he's not exactly a young man like and and i give all this all the credit in the world don't get me wrong i love the man it, everybody wants to acknowledge the tribal chief for his 700 and some odd days that man held this for over a thousand call me then roman yeah, but you can't compare that shit. Come on, Dom. I can. I just did. Really? <laughs> Nick, all a thousand is greater than seven hundred. But a thousand, when you have what, what one TV tapings every couple months, and then he was holding that title when NWA was having like a show every six months. Roman part time right now. It's the same shit. Yeah, <laughs> Roman, had, Roman had more defenses than Nick. I don't Aldis. know about that, bro. There are a lot of times where Roman's Blaze. like, yeah, I'm not coming to that pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm not doing Blaze. that. Am I going to need to bust out a spray bottle and start spraying you guys when you argue? Spray anyway, you guys like a couple of cats. I'm all, my simple point is throw some roses that man's way. I agree. He did, he did a ton for NWA. He put them back on the map, and he became the proverbial big fish in the small pond, and that's great. But moving on, where the hell do you go where you can be – as big as you are where you're at right now, where can you go where you're going to be instantly put into the title picture and instantly thrown into the fire with big names? I, I watched Ivan on Circle of Debate say last night he fits better at WWE, but doing what? Going after Roman? Do you see him being the guy that beats Roman? Like We're talking okay. about The Rock. We're talking about Cody. Do you see Nick Aldis walking in and taking out Roman Reigns? He no. Nick Aldis might be the type of guy that could fit in with WWE. The problem right now is WWE has too much shit going on that they don't know what to do with already. They don't need to put somebody like Nick Aldis in there and have them not know what to do with the man. Because they already don't know how to book half the talent that they have. I mean, it's getting better since Triple H took over, but they need to sort some things out and bust out the iron a little bit, you know, get all those wrinkles out of there and then worry about bringing in, you know, new things, new talents, new stories. I couldn't leave the comment over Ivy. I just couldn't do that. That was going to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> this face needs to be on camera. No, I, Devin, I know, I know. And you will forever be my tribal chief and I will acknowledge you. But... <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like there's only a certain few places he could go and be the guy that he is there. One, uh, maybe not WWE, but when NXT Europe pops off, yeah, there's your guy. Because he's a UK guy, he's huge, he was, you know, he's he's been known in his whole career since back with the British Invasion. So NXT Europe pops off, and that's your new, I don't know what they're, are they going to call him the European champion at, at this point? Are they going to bring that belt back? That would be kind of cool. But if you wanted to put him in that slot, yeah, he fills that role beautifully. In WWE, I don't know. You, you're going to put his 36-year-old ass in NXT? How'd that work for Samoa Joe? 
I was just getting ready to say, well, they tried that with Joe. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and even you go to AEW, you, you know, like, yeah, there's some matches I would like to see, but do I see him, you know, let, I know we're jumping, we're jumping the gun and full gear predictions are probably next week, but like, let's say MJF wins the title. Does Nick Aldis come in and challenge him? I don't see that. Even if Mox retains it, same thing. I don't see that. Maybe the only other spot that I could see him doing it in is ROH because he has a history there. He's coming with the NWA. He's beat some big, he's beat some big names. He's done whatever. What if he's the guy that takes the title off Jericho? You could believe that. So in those two spots, I could see him maybe being as big a name and draw as he was. Anyplace else, he's a mid-card guy, unless maybe he goes back to Impact. I mean, yeah, that that's that's the shame. I I, I can't see him being a main eventer for long in AEW. I know it seems like everybody who comes in in AEW, it's like a big push to start, and then like a month later, they're like AEW Dark on against like. No a name. month, yeah, maybe more, more like two weeks. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a six month build up, a big debut, and like you never freaking see him again. Exactly, that's why yeah. it's like hard when people like Bandito who get signed and like, yeah, I'm a big Bandito fan, and it's like, but I'm not really watching Dark like that. I'm sure he's going to end up there. I'm looking. I'll be honest. I'm looking forward to he and Roosh. That's going to be dope. Oh, that's on. That's going to be dope as fuck. Most but. Definitely. You know, that's what I mean. Like, I, I think if you, because ROH is supposedly rumored, allegedly, if you believe dirt sheets, and most of the time I don't, allegedly going to end up on HBO Max, who is merging with Discovery. And that merger was supposed to take place in the summer. Now there are reports saying it's moving up to spring, which is right around the time that Nick Aldis would be available if he's granted his release. That'd be a big get. So sure. if, if you get ROH, on HBO Max, on HBO Max or Discovery Plus or whatever the fuck, Nick Aldis shows up. You've got Chris Jericho with the title. You've got all this stuff going on. Now you've built some. Now you've got some heat going for your debut episode. I could see that being a big deal. There's not a whole lot of places otherwise. Like Dalton and I say, go back to Impact, but I don't think he wants to. MLW, maybe. I don't know. He's definitely the, he is a story guy, Devin, and that's why I think he fit better with like ROH because they damn sure tell stories, even on ROH pay per views. That sometimes they tell better stories than AEW television. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that one they told about Danny Garcia Wheeler Unit and Wheeler Unit to show up on national TV. If you didn't watch the last pay per view, you didn't see shit, and it was amazing. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't put that on TV. <laughs> But I'm going to digress because we could go on about this forever. But, I, I mean, whatever happens, I wish Nick Aldis the best, man. I love that dude. I just kind of wish he would stay in NWA. And as far as Billy taking the loss on Empower and not wanting to do another one right now, that makes sense. It's understandable. Ivan kind of, he took a part of the quote, but he didn't take the full quote. And he got mad because it sounded like Billy was trashing his roster from what he read. But what he was saying is, like, we're not WWE. They could put on Evolution 2 tomorrow and book 12 matches, and it would be amazing. They just don't. We, on the other hand, have a small roster, and, and which has been depleted because by Thunder Rosa, by Tosh Steels, by you know, yep. left, right, and center. Even Mickey James isn't wrestling like she used to, and now you want to do another Empower? 
after you lost money the first time, that's good business. He's yeah. not downing his roster. He's being real about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, Lennox, what's going on? What Ivy, you look beautiful this evening. She always does. <laughs> Even though I'm like in my mind an 80-year-old golden girl named Blanche. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Blanche was like the house hottie too. Sorry, my wife makes me watch that show. I I know too much about it. I, I'm I'm <laughs> breaking fourth wall. We're gonna move on right now. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna move. We're gonna slide into WWE a little bit because there was there were there were a lot of things that happened on Raw already. And if you're if you're watching and if not, cover your ears. <laughs> the Usos just retained their title against the New Day in the opening match. I was gonna talk about that, but it's already out the way. <laughs> So let's start with, I know what they call them, but I call them pay-per-views. It's been pay-per-view my whole life. It's staying Premium live events, Dom. No. Premium live events. No, 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 nope, nope. Hell no. I'm just saying. Hell no, pay-per-view. I can't wrap my mind around it. Here's what you're saying to me right now. Were you watching Spank Revision? No, 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 no. Pay-per-view. Not with you. So, WWE is basically scrapping all of its match-style pay-per-views, like Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell, yada, yada, yada. Which I think is a beautiful move. And, And the latest reports are they want to bring King of the Ring back to Peacock. Like, they don't want to do the weekly thing on Raw anymore. They want to go and do old school King of the Ring. Like, here's the pay-per-view. Everybody fights twice in the same night. Winner gets crowned there. Tune in. So let's start first and foremost with these with these match pay-per-views. Because I know, I know we've got a few things to get off our chest about these. Okay. And this time, since he's been so patient, I'm going to start with De Niro. When it comes to stuff like Elimination Chamber or Hell in a Cell or whatever the fuck, are you glad to see it gone? And just give me your whole, just talk to me. What are your feelings on, on the fact that that shit is out the door? Oh, I'm 100% glad. I always said that when you have a pay-per-view that has Hell in a Cell like two or three times a night, you're taken away from that stipulation. Hell in, Hell in a Cell used to be the blow-off to feuds. And now it seems like it's just another match of feuds just because the feud lands on in October or whatever the hell in the cell is. And it, it sucks because you have you take away the steam from those type of matches. Elimination Chamber was when you had all these people fighting and you couldn't like resolve it and you need to have this giant ass structure just to hold them all in. Now it's a yearly thing and everyone is in a fucking elimination chamber now. You have the TLC match, which was another match where it would be like a special occasion. Now you could expect it every year. I think that you got to go away with those and you have to bring back the stipulations that are for feud enders because that's what we're missing nowadays. You don't have nothing that's like the big feud ender. And the Hell in the Cell used to be that. TLCs used to be that. Elimination Chambers used to be that. So I I hope that we still have these matches, but we could go away from the pay-per-views. I'll even be like, I know a lot of people like the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, but I even say put that shit back on WrestleMania. Like, it used to make WrestleMania like even more funner to have a money in the bank every year. So you could get rid of that one too. And as for King of the Ring, shit, hell yeah, bring that back. That's one of my favorite pay-per-views oh, of all yeah. time. 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> I see David's asking how we're going to stop My the David. bloodline. Well, I'll tell you how I'm going to stop the bloodline. They better hope they don't come across me, David, because I'm just going to slap the shit out of all of them and tell them to get it together. <laughs> wow. And, and then and then I'll just take the belt from all of them. And start She's going to slap Jay straight in that fucking ugly, bitchy mug and tell him to start being oozy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Bring out the neon colors and start doing the dance again. Quit being a couple of little bitches. I'm tired of seeing Roman holding the title. I'm over it. <laughs> okay, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, give us your thoughts on these <laughs> match pay-per-views going All bye-bye, right. please. So I've voiced my opinion about this several times um, on Rewind. I know we had a conversation about money in the bank um, being you know, the pay-per-view and her premium live event. Sorry. Um, I, I agree with what Nick is saying. Um, I feel like having these events titled around these, you know, gimmick style matches are taking away from the credibility and the, you know, effectiveness of those matches. Um, for instance, think about it back in the day, you've got the taker, you know, going against somebody, ultimately that feud, they pop up with the hell in a cell match. Mm-hmm. How freaking cool was that? I'm oh, now yeah. at a point when I hear Hell in a Cell, I don't even give a shit about it anymore, and that bothers me because the, like yeah. matches like this are the types of matches that wrestling fans have looked forward to, right? Um, elimination Chamber, same thing. Why on earth? Just why are you going to title an entire event around the title of one match or one match stipulation? Makes zero sense. If you're going to do mm-hmm. these events, do them at, say, a Mania. Do them at the Royal Rumble. Do yeah. them at freaking SummerSlam. And a couple of them, you know, throughout the year, it's going to make them that much more effective, and it's going to be that much more appreciated when they do come around. Like, I feel like, especially with Money in the Bank, how effective was that when the Money in the Bank ladder match took place at WrestleMania? Because mm-hmm. whoever wins, Everybody was on the edge of their seat. Are they going to cash it in tonight? Are they going to, you know, hold on to it for a while? Like, that gave it some legitimacy. Right. Now it's like, what are we watching this for? Why? Yeah, Who cares? Knows. We're going to get into what it's become, like, too. So it, I don't... Yeah, like, it actually, like, the bank ladder match, you know, when it first kind of started coming about, it meant something for these wrestlers to be Mr. Money in the Bank. It meant something. It held weight, okay? The constant, like, anticipation for when that person is going to cash in really was something. I feel like now, it's like they just walk around with the damn briefcase for show because it doesn't it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Austin um, Theory. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. Otis. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Allergies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I... Um, have never been a fan of, of these premium live events. Um, I feel like these stipulations are something that you have to throw in to spice things up at random and not on a routine schedule. Um, I don't want to watch an entire match that's titled, you know, Money in the Bank, and there's only two Money in the Bank matches, and that's like the most lackluster part of the event. I hear you. I hear you. First off, first and foremost, until the day Rob Van Dam returns to WWE and calls himself Mr. PLE, I will never say it. <laughs> never. So just, let's just put that out there for the record. Secondly, I'm with you guys. Like having these matches at a big event 
makes the event feel bigger, whether it's Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. Hell in the Cell, I mean, they had some epic Hell in a Cell matches. One of my favorite moments of all time was Kane debuting at in the Hell in a Cell match between Taker and Shawn Michaels. You you don't get more epic than that. Here comes this big black and red figure you've never seen before. Rips the sh- the fucking door right off of the shit. Walks in, just goes, "I make fire," and then destroys a guy <laughs> who can barely be hurt and makes him make have emotion for the first time in a decade. Th- th- these were big moments, and you don't get that anywhere. You know what you get now? You get Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, and nobody the wins. Matches, the matches are also, like, they have really, like, died down. Like, they don't seem as brutal as what they used to be either. Yeah. Like, because of the PG, though. Because they've gone get, PG, I, so now, I, you know, you can't do, do blood, you can't do this, and you can't do no, that. listen, and I, I get that, but there is wrestling for, you know, lack of a better term. Like, it's an art, okay? There is mm-hmm. a way to still make those matches seem brutal without blood, without the brutality, without, you know, foul language, things like that. And I just feel like they've kind of steered so far away from that stuff that they've literally taken, like, the artwork out of everything. Like, you have, like, your legitimate artists, right? Like, you have, like, a Monet, right? You've got your, um, oh, Da Vinci, you know, all that. Here's the problem, though. They've now, like, handed it off to, like, the guys that spray paint shit on the side of the road and just let them take over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like they've now handed it over to like the shittiest tattoo artist on the face of the earth. Like all the, the lines ones, the are wonky. Are, the, ones, the colors the not ones, saturated. Yeah. The ones that are tattooing <laughs> out of a garage in a trailer park. Yeah, yeah. The ones that tattoo no regrets on your neck. You know. <laughs> but I do got. Oh, my bad, Dom. Go ahead. No, no, please finish your thought, Mikey. I'll come in. I do got to say though, like the last Hell in the Cell match being the one with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. That was a great matchup. Brought a lot. That's of what I was gonna say. And <laughs> got me excited for Hell in the Cell matches once again. I was like, see Cody and Seth when you want to see how to do it right without getting really bloody, because yeah. that shit was fucking intense. But I'm also at match. the point. It was a great match, but I'm also at the point where I feel like, and maybe it's just watching wrestling my whole life, or seeing things coming up. TNA has spoiled me, okay? Because when they did lockdown. Every fucking match was in a cage. When they did when they did a pay-per-view that was named after something, every single match on the card was in that. Didn't matter if it was women's, minis, kids, intergender. Yeah, everybody in the cage. Here's the barbed wire. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Then we get to Hell in a Cell, and 90% of the card ain't in it. I'm like, no, no. Drop the cage. It's right there. Put it down. Let's go. <laughs> That's a really so valid If you're not going to do that, then just make it a match. You don't need an even, entire paper. I think even something that would have made those instances better, like you just made the, the comment, you know, like just drop the cage. It's right there. Could you imagine like how good some of those, some of these Hell in a Cell pay per views would have been? It's like mid match. Somehow, some way, they just decide to drop, the, cell. drop Drops. the cage on these people. Like, you know, it would have added that, like, element. You're not running tonight, Miz. <laughs> yeah, like, but, you know, they just they didn't do it, ever. And it's like... Ever. Hmm. And it was right there, just dangling above above them. It's like, do yeah, it. Yeah, like, you had <laughs> one, no. one really good opportunity there, and, like, 
wasted. Like, could you just imagine, like, the two people in the ring going at it, and the next thing you know, like, the freaking cage just dropped, and then they're, like, looking around, like, you know, they have nowhere to go, they can't do right. anything. Like, like they had would have added something. I think, if I remember correctly, one of the hell, one of the more recent Hell in a Cell matches, like, on the undercard was Eva Marie versus Dewdrop, and the match was terrible. If they dropped the cell... And they just let Dewdrop do whatever the fuck they wanted. What she wanted to even Marie. Now we've got something. <laughs> yeah. Trips, call me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I got ideas. ideas. And, and Mike, to your point, I'm with you. Like, I really can't stand Roman, but I love the bloodline. Like, I've always loved the Usos. Again, New Day and Usos, I was watching during the live stream because when they fight, I tune in. Solo is a tremendous competitor, and and they would be. I'm sorry, they'd be nothing without Sami Zayn. That motherfucker is keeping the bloodline on top. All right, Sami Usi is what's needed on SmackDown. <laughs> He's definitely keeping it fresh because it's been around. What did Mike say? What did my man Big Mike say a few months back? He needs to be. He needs to change his name to Sami Owen, the Samoan. <laughs> Fuck honorary Oose. He's just Samoan from now on. Why not? He's already Syrian and Canadian. Add Samoan on top of that shit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm glad to see they're gone. And another thing I'm kind of glad to see that's gone, the 24-7 championship. I mean, real quick, is anybody going to miss that? Anybody? Right. I mean, R-Truth's hurt, so he can't bring the magic back to it. I really don't give a fuck. What I do give a fuck about is crazy Nikki Cross is back. And God damn it, if it isn't beautiful, like showing up to help damage control, beat the shit out of Bianca and Asuka and Alexa. And and if y'all didn't see Asuka and EO going back and forth in Japanese and then catch the translation, you need to go back and do that because it was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Even at the end of it, in the translation, when, when EO says bitch, they put the Japanese up. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everybody knows what was said. <laughs> I love how it's I was reacting to it too and didn't have a clue what was being said. Because it was just so over the top charismatic and sold beautifully that you didn't really need to know. But once you figured out, like you got the translation of it, you saw what they were saying back and forth. Mm -hmm. It was like, wow, this is gold. But crazy <laughs> Nikki. Crazy Nikki is gold as well. I, I, I missed her. I'm, I was sick of Nikki Ash. I don't care if it was her idea. It was fucking bad. I know Bruce and Wendy tried to argue with me like, oh, no, she's trying to read. No, she's trying to keep a job. Okay. Nice. They fired her boyfriend and she went, oh, shit, I'm next. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Oh, no, I can pinch a superhero gimmick to Vince. He loves that shit. <laughs> okay, that's your idea. It doesn't mean it's any fucking good. Or, or, or it was brought up for any good fucking reason other than you didn't want to get fired. So, so to have her back and then win the 24-7 title and then just, just do that, that walk with the look on her face, like out of it completely, ignoring damage control and then dropping it in the trash can. Yeah, sure. Maybe she missed the trash can. Who cares? <laughs> Semantics. Not relevant. Okay. But, but now she has been booked into the War Games match with Damage Control. We know it's going to be five on five. Damage Control needs one more, one more spot, has one more spot to fill. Asuka, Alexa, Bianca have two. 
I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let temp I'm gonna let Temptress Witch go first on this one because the last time we asked her something like this, she came up with a, with one of the best answers I ever heard, and I just hope that it doesn't break her internet again like the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think will fill these spots on either side? Like we have one side for damage control, one one spot for damage control, two on the other side. Who do you think we get to fill out these uh, this war games match? You know. This is actually an answer that I don't really have off the top of my head, Dom. And I'm like, the reason being is that I'm I'm at a point with the women's roster where I'm still not a hundred percent sure where they're going with certain um certain talent. Right. Um, I will comment when Nikki Ash being back, the or, yeah, wait, Nikki Cross being back. See, look, and here's why: I 100% feel for that woman. And the reason being is you can tell when when we saw Nikki Cross first come in, you know, she kind of came in. She had that weird, like, psycho, demented, you know, feral type thing going on, right? And it was interesting. It's like, oh, this bitch is a little off a rocker, but I kind of like it, you know? <laughs> then they kind of had her with Alexa, and it's like Alexa's... That that kind of the bond between the two of them kind of gave that like socialization element to to Nikki, right? So she's not as feral as what she used to be. She's kind of learning. Right, she's how kind to, like, of been domesticated a little bit. Yeah, just just a hair. It's like know? when you find a stray dog and it's all mean, yeah. running in, and all of a sudden, like now it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Um, so you know, and I and I think that was working quite well. Well, then out of the freaking blue, we get. Nikki Ash in this worn out superhero gimmick. Like, it was cool when we had the hurricane because it was like straight comedy, right? Yeah. It was okay when, you know, Molly Holly kind of jumped on that bandwagon. You know what it was well with this? It... You know what it was what? with this? This wasn't really Molly Holly or Hurricane. This was more Rosie in the yeah, role of yeah. superhero in training. Like, back yeah. when he was the shit. Yeah, it was literally the yes. shit. So, like, That's Nikki Ash, and everybody loved the Hurricane, but not a lot of people were into Rosie as the shit. No, no. So it was like I, I think that creatively, I think you know, kind of like you mentioned, she kind of had to make a decision and think fast and figure this is something that is going to be acceptable, and I'm just going to have to deal with it and run with it. And I think that she did okay trying right the effort was there i just don't think that it was received the way that it was supposed to be um and having known her 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 gimmick as nikki cross prior to that it really was a letdown for me because i i was really a fan of the nikki cross character so seeing this come back i'm like super hyped for it um i think that you know we're gonna see a little bit more of the unhinged nikki you know continue to come out and I just hope that whatever becomes of this uh, war game style thing here, that we see a lot of like really badass moves and and stuff going on with these ladies, because I think it's time that the women really get you know a little little dirty, Amen. get a little rough. <laughs> like I'm, I'm really Amen. tired of seeing. I I'm tired. I'm tired of Charlotte Flair. I'm tired of Becky. Like, just can we just see like these wanna... these actually talented women? really like kind of come out of the woodworks and put on a hell of a mess. I, I gotta say, I, I want to almost see an, interge an intergender war games match 
coming up with Survivor Series. I like. I want the OC and Mia because I was going to bring her up versus Rhea and the Judgment Day in War Games. <laughs> that would be yeah. fucking phenomenal. Like, like Rhea can beat any man's ass. Fact. <laughs> and and Mia is no slouch either. She calls herself no. the HBIC for a reason. Okay. <laughs> So I, yeah. I could see her, you know, hanging in there with Finn Balor and especially Dominic Mysterio. She whooped that dude's ass. No offense, you are built differently. You're built skinnier than I am. You need to get the fuck out of the ring or just say your <laughs> Uncle Eddie's son and start playing that shit off. Because that <laughs> built differently shit does not can hit we, can we Can we touch on that? Like, I, like, why? Can we just please get Dom to, like, start saying that he acknowledges that Eddie is his real father? Like, can we just do that? It would be so it much be better funny. than I'm built differently or or, yeah. or running around looking like Bobby Boucher with Rhea Ripley. Well, mama said, mama said, mama, mama, mama said. <laughs> Stop it. Hold on. Speaking, hold on. Speaking of that, this is completely off topic, but I was driving, like, I went out to dinner the other night with a couple of my friends, and we stopped at a freaking red light at Route 100 and Route 30 in accident. Okay. And my cousin starts cracking up. And she's like, why does that sign, that speed sign say Bobby Boucher? And I'm like, what? So I look over and it literally said, um, they had like Bobby Boucher there. And it said, mama said, wear your seatbelt. And we were cracking up. Like, mama, mama, mama said, mama said I'm built differently. <laughs> you know, it's just Bobby Boucher. Like, Ray's like, no, come back. And and Dom just looks at his father and goes, she showed me her boobies and I like them too. You know, like, get them. <laughs> Be a little bit more like Eddie and a little less like Bobby. That's all I'm saying. Saw, as soon as I started to see Dom, like, rocking the mullet, I was like, oh, it's coming. Ooh, it's coming. Yes. It's coming. And he was doing the chest slap thing. And like, get it. Yeah. He was doing oh. the three amigos. He was doing the frog splash, yeah. and you thought any 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 minute now, now that he's turned, he's going to say, "I'm Uncle Eddie's son." And here we are, like a few months after the turn, and he alludes to it. He's even he's even mentioned Eddie Guerrero, but he hasn't said it, and it's and it's grinding my fucking gears, okay. folks. <laughs> the only way that I'm gonna like be okay with how long it's been, since, you know, without Dom actually mentioning this is when things boil over and we get, like, a Ray and Dom, like, Ray's retirement match, and, like, how freaking cool would it be in the middle of that feud for Dom to, like, pull out, like, DNA test results or some <laughs> shit and, like, slap Ray in the fucking face and then just Are you destroy kidding? him? Mid-match, oh, mid-match, I want Maury Povich to come down the ramp, grab a microphone <laughs> with a folder in his hand, and just say, nah, in the case of Dominic Mysterio, Ray Mysterio, you are not the father. <laughs> Like, I know I'm old school, but still, that would be beautiful. And, and, and yes, Pepsi Phil, I think we all love Pitbull Nikki Cross. She's crazy. She's funny. She's she's kind of hot. She's I, I mean, feral. I like it. I, obviously, I have a thing for crazy chicks. If you know my wife, you already know that. But 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 yeah, I, I'm just I'm digging all of it. Pepsi Phil's over here saying, you know, Mari retired. Well, listen, baby, money talks, okay? WWE money, bro. Yeah. If, if, if Trip starts, you know, reaching in Vince's pocket Trips, deep enough, I'm sure we can get Mari out of retirement. Trip's made, Trip's made like $300 million in his first quarter. I think he can pay Mori enough. You know, I actually went to an episode of Mori. I was in the crowd. Really? I knew somebody who was on an episode of Mori back in the day. <laughs> People, lots of people from Coastal right. used to go like to sit like Maury, Steve Wilkos, Jerry Springer. 
And like it's like of, every, every a lot every of my Chester County year. friends were on the Maury yeah. COVID show. I, I came on admissions, though. Yeah. Once a year on Facebook, some of my locals are sharing the episode <laughs> of our other locals. This is what we were on. Hilarious. And Ten like, years ago, we were on really Maury. Like, Here's the clip. Oh, it's so great. And I like I love it. Every time I see it, they're like, Here's me getting seduced by the sexy decoy. <laughs> oh my god, we have derailed, it. which which is what we do on this show, and I'm and I'm kind of glad we're keeping up with it. That's just you know, <laughs> and, and, again, I I again, Lennox, I'm with you. It, OG Nikki Cro- or Nikki Cross is far superior than the superhero in training bullshit. Ask Rosie, God rest. And also, this this makes me miss Sanity also because they dropped the ball on everyone. Yes. Did you did you notice Eric Young's contract ran out in Impact, and he has yet to resign? I did not notice that. Wow. We might be able to get at least those two back together. Maybe. And that would be dope. I know we love working for Triple H, so maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, we will Give see. Shine um, instead of yeah. having him running around for the 24 7 title. Oh, no, it was an NXT. Oh, my God. Sanity was amazing. And then they brought it to the main roster. Then Vince got a hold of it. Do I need to say more? <laughs> He carrying cross that shit if you didn't know, boys and girls. Uh, uh, <laughs> How's that for a reference? But go, going, trying to get us back on track. I, I, I think looking at the way things are right now, I think it would be and and with Mia coming back to help AJ and the and the and the barbecue dad slash OC. <laughs> um, I think the last person we're gonna get. With damage control and Nikki Cross, because I'm not sure if she's a member yet. They didn't say. She didn't even look like she gave a shit about damage control when she was walking away, throwing out that belt. So she's just helping them. Dakota. (laughs) Yeah. This is this is the revenge tour for Nikki Cross. Okay. She's she's getting back at Alexa. She finally took that title from Brooke because she was the also ran in the 24-7 division between Mm -hmm. her and Tamina for the longest time. And now she wants to get Alexa just a little bit more. And I don't know what that moth meant at Crown Jewel when Alexa was talking, but maybe one, maybe her and Bray have something to do. We'll, we'll see, too. We'll God, see. I hope not. If Nikki ends up with Bray Wyatt as, like, that weird, twisted sister Abigail-type okay, person, that cool. That I could do, but I swear to all things under... <laughs> All thing, all all corners of the universe. Better not see kind of association of Alexa and Bray ever the fuck again. Because they dropped the goddamn ball with that. They could have done something much more interesting. They could have used other people for that. We've talked about that on rewind. They definitely could have used other people. But if they were going to use Alexa, what they should have done was go towards a possession angle, that Sister Abigail thing, and like yeah. that would have actually freaking made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had Alexa, like after you know Bray's release, doing this like I don't know, little playground hopscotch shit, and it just it did not fit Alexa. Like I didn't feel like you know she had to run with it. It is what it is. But like my God, was I glad when she left and came back with you know. Kind of her little Miss Bliss thing because I could not stand another damn minute of that shit. Yeah, I was over. No, it. so I, I'm almost, I'm almost wondering if 
it was somehow behind the scenes Bray got this old Nikki back to go after Alexa because they both kind of got screwed over by her. Like the point, Nikki they at the jump. They can work that. Right they, at the end. They can end. work that. And it's okay to work with. But uh, I think uh, I know Pepsi Phil. I, I I really I really don't think Hornswoggle is going to be the last member of that team. I I know you love him. You're you're the you're you're the president of the Hornswoggle Appreciation Society. But him with damage control and Nikki, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening. Now, what I could see, because she's been on like a four or five month solo honeymoon, is Charlotte Flair taking that spot. Just to get back in before Royal Rumble, get herself in a big match. You know, she has some history with Bailey. She's clearly better as a heel. And I know people talked about bringing her back with AJ and stuff. And it's like, who wants to see Charlotte Flair as a face? But in I this do. position, you do? I do. Just because, like, she's done everything, like, a thousand times as a heel. Like, how much more of Charlotte as a heel can we get? I mean. She needs to stay as a heel. Okay, well, I'm going to come to you next. That's what she's good at. That's how I feel, but I'm going to come to Mike next. I I think Charlotte's going to be in that spot. We don't know because they don't take that chance. But then I think on the other side, you're looking for two people. We've had two people missing in action for quite some time since Johnny Laryngitis popped off and they left and, and even Ted is asking about it. The the two people to fill those spots, Sasha and Naomi. That's what I was thinking for sure. So you'd have Sasha, and Naomi, Alexa, Oscar, Bianca versus damage control, Nikki Cross and Charlotte Flair. I don't know if you could get a bigger named war games match in the women's division mm-hmm. without Becky being healthy. And we don't know. I mean, God, I can still see her shoulder from SummerSlam or whatever, just all torn out and purple and shit. It's like, ooh. It wasn't Cody, but ooh. <laughs> so, Sasha yeah. Naomi is good. I mean, I think with that, though, it really just depends on whether or not Sasha and Naomi are going to be able to come back, you know, themselves, like on their part. Like, are they going to be willing to come back? Mm, a good point. Yeah, Which, true. With with Vince, you know, kind of not being here anymore, and you know, th- 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 that might be, you know, the the, the, the two thing people, that draws them back. The two people that pissed them that pissed them off and made them leave were Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis. Both of them are gone for extenuating circumstances. <laughs> Welcome things to wrestling, just, fellas. Welcome things to the wrestling that just make you go. <laughs> <laughs> business my friends yeah no yeah but but i i could definitely i could see that being the five on five at survivor series it would it would get charlotte back and you know put her at a big spot and then we'd finally get sasha and naomi to return after all that bullshit that went down you know with vince and johnny it it makes a lot of sense but i, I apparently de niro does not like Charlotte as a he- as a heel, so I want to see who. Oh no, who I, he I like her as a heel. I definitely like her as a heel. I just think that you know we we've been there, done that. We no, see you want to see her as a face, so I, I, I want to give you the floor and I want to see who you put into this match on either side. <laughs> oh no, I was right there with you. I think Sasha and Naomi for sure. I don't see Charlotte coming back for this matchup just for the fact that if you're going to bring back Sasha and Naomi, that's already a big comeback. You don't want to take away from the big comeback by having another comeback in the matchup. 
So mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to be the last person on damage control side, but I definitely could see Sasha and Naomi as the two women on the babyface side. Okay. Okay. I think Survivor Series is big enough for those comeback moments. You know, like if, oh, no, if they sure. were if they were doing this shit at Extreme Rules, I'd be pissed. But if you're doing it at Survivor Series, it's like, yeah, this is this is the show that's worth these three comebacks in the same night, same match type of thing, especially first ever War Games. Well, yeah, I just don't want to take away from because when Sasha and Naomi come back, it's going to be a big deal. You don't want to take away from that moment by having Charlotte come back, also trying to steal that spotlight. Well, what they could, what they could do though, if they were going to bring back all three of them, they could completely leave the you know additional competitors as like a silent thing, right? Not tell anybody about it, and then Charlotte could be the one to come out first. And everybody goes, you know, a little haywire. And then, you know, we can turn around and it's like, oh, well, you have Charlotte Flair. That's great. But look at what we got. And then give and then Sasha fans and shit their, their pants big when Sasha and Naomi that, that could work. And I don't think that that would necessarily, if anything, like that's going to take away from like Charlotte's big hurrah, which is not going to hurt her. Right. Charlotte's already a big enough name. Like that's not going to hurt her. And while Sasha and Naomi are big names, you know, you don't want to take away from them by having them be announced and then announce Charlotte to make it seem like they brought in the big gun. Like, no, you need to hype up Sasha and Naomi like they are the secret weapons, right? Like they are the big guns in this match. And then you need to give them the win. That's how you do that and not take away from them. And I, and I get what you're saying too, Pepsi Phil. I don't think Charlotte really likes to share, but at the same time, if it if it brings her back in a position where she can just kind of because a war games match, there's not a lot of technical ability or conditioning in it. It's just you fight. So it's very, you know, it's cool looking, but it's basic. So it's a way for Charlotte to come back, knock ring rust off, and maybe, you know, attack Bianca after the fact and go after the Raw Women's Championship or say, like, I'm entering the Royal Rumble and I plan on calling you out. You know, that type of thing. I I could see it being a one-night-only thing. I'm not saying she's going to join Damage Control. That's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> like, like this click will disband immediately after the bell rings and the match is over and somebody has won. But until then, I think Charlotte could play nice for 20-some minutes. Maybe. Possibly. I know it's a stretch for her, but still. <laughs> okay, we got way off track on that one, but I enjoyed the hell out of it, yeah. so I don't really care. <laughs> It's just this the is what of... happens. Um, I, I show up and everything gets derailed. So. This happens every week. You watch our show. I don't really give a <laughs> I shit. Know. I enjoy it. I really do. Uh oh boy. And now now I know we brought it up a little bit with when we when Ivy mentioned money in the bank and everything else, but but goddamn if if Seth Rollins did not issue an open challenge and Bobby Lashley did not destroy him before the bell even rang. And Austin Theory did not try to cash in on his U.S. title after Bobby destroyed him and fucking lost. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't believe I got through all that without laughing. (laughs) Embarrassing. The the easiest question here, and and I'm going to leave it up to De Niro first, is this the worst cash-in ever? 
Like, yeah, Otis never got a shot. I know yeah. Baron Corbin, all that, but is this the worst? I, I definitely think it's probably up there. I mean, one, this is the first cash in on a non world championship, which I didn't even know you could do. I thought it was you have to cash in on a world championship. And mm. then two, you lose after Seth Rollins was destroyed. Bye, Pepsi Phil. Love you, Pepsi Phil. But yeah, you lose after you, your opponent gets destroyed. Not just like beat up, but absolutely destroyed by Bobby Lashley. Right. So how do you still lose? I mean, I would have been more excited if they actually did what they teased and had him try to cash in on Braun Breaker in NXT. But this was just embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with that. I- Ivy, worst cash in ever? Well, anything involving Austin Theory gives me absolutely unbearable indigestion. So, <laughs> like, uh, this is for me, right? We know that Austin Theory was like Vince's like pride and joy, right? Yeah. So, right. The whole circumstances surrounding that, and like how you know he was such a a big part of like Vince's vision moving forward. Part of me feels like something like this, <laughs> this fortunate cash-in attempt, is is like a way for you know them to just kind of be like Austin Theory knock his ass down off the pedestal that Vince has put him on, and kind of you know letting getting that message across indirectly to Vince like this ain't your shit anymore. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of what it is. And and I think that, that Austin Theory is somebody who has potential, but I think that he's been pushed in the wrong directions. Um I think he's he's he fits a little bit better in NXT. That's exactly um, what I thought if and I, yeah, it would have been perfect. Like, that, I thought that was gonna happen. I, I would have preferred to see a successful cash in for the NXT title. On Braun, yeah. Then whatever the hell you want to call what that was. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, that would have made sense. And I think that would have given Austin Theory the ability to go back to NXT, build himself in his terms, work with creative, figure out what yeah. the overall plan is, rather than this little rotten fuckboy, pardon my, my language. <laughs> But, You're like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that it would have given him a little bit more story, a little bit more character, and more success in the long run. I mean, send him back there, let him hold that title, build a name for himself a little bit outside of all of this I'm Vince's prodigy shit, and then advance him to the main roster in time. Yeah. I mean, I'm But, gonna... no, we can't do that. We have a shitstorm unfold. <laughs> I mean, honestly, guys, I, I, I have some decent things to say about Austin Theory, but I'm gonna start here. Well, you're better than me. His his <laughs> run, his run with the money in the bank was and the run with the 24-7 championship at WWE altogether could be summed up in one short in one short sentence. It was bad. It, it had nothing, no fire, no energy, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it right there. I mean it, it was bad enough that Vince put him in the match and he actually won it. And I think 
I think when we announced that we were coming to Rewind, I was on live with them doing SummerSlam predictions, and we brought up Austin Theory, and so many people were saying, like, oh, he's going to cash in during Last Man Standing, and he's going to win, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, he is not going to sniff that fucking title. He is not going to succeed. Here we are, three months later. We're on the Rewind Wrestling Network. Ivy is right here with us like she was with me that night. And what do you know? Austin Theory cashes in on a mid-card championship and fails. As bad as it is, it is a healthy reset for this boy. Because if you if you followed him, go back to Evolve. If you followed him back then. He was a great he was Evolve a, champion. He was a great champion. He had tons of charisma. He He was not taking selfies like he was prince like he was prince pretty and he was not og drew mcintyre 2.0 he was not vince's boy he he stood on his own two feet he did his own thing and it worked and having you know kind of a kind of a banger match with seth rollins on raw before this showed that he can go in the ring even in the losing effort he can look good yeah they needed to get him out of this desperately. And this is the way that you do it because this will now light a fire under him, so to speak, to be his own man and step out of this. Vince said, I'm the next guy thing. I'm the youngest U.S. champion, whatever the fuck. Okay, yeah, maybe you are, but now you ain't shit. So now, you, now what are you going to do? You're going to leave yep. or you're going to do something special? And, you know, I think even Kevin Owens stepped to him one night and said something like this. So now it, 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 the ball is in his court to move forward, and I think there's some potential in there. I am just so glad that this happened. I really am, and not because I'm right, because I've been right plenty of times. I'm a 20-time prediction champion. I'm right a lot, okay? A lot. I agree. I agree with you, Dylan. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree in the sense that this is an opportunity to revamp Austin Theory and kind of do something else kind of move forward, put the last how many, how much time, I don't know how long it's been because I don't care, last several months in, you know, the closet and lock the door and stuff a towel under the door so that it can't escape and just leave it there, right? And then, like, give this guy an opportunity to actually show what he can do, let him find himself because... He does have talent. Like, I'm not discrediting that. He, it's not that he doesn't have talent. It's not that he doesn't have potential. I just hate everything that has been Austin Theory as we know him right now. What What was it, you know, all the way back at the beginning of AEW that Jericho, uh, that Jericho said, like, stupid idea, bad creative. Austin Theory, <laughs> boys and girls. And honestly, I pulled a pen because I was about to write the, the date and the time down because a woman was going to agree that I was right. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> November 11th, 932. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do want to frame it. I think this moment was more about the U.S. championship and less about Austin Theory just because you could tell since Triple H got the pen, he's been trying to bring prestige back to the U.S. championship and the IC championship. And now you're showing that someone who has a contract that could cash in on any title didn't go and cash it in on a world championship. He wanted to cash in on the U.S. championship. So I think that that's a really cool moment to show that, hey, look, this is just as important as the world title. Mm 
that worked. That worked. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, uh, I want to say it's a damn shamey loss, but I'd be lying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gosh, if they took that title off of Seth right after giving it to him and Seth didn't have a title reign in like two years and then he got this U.S. title and loses it to Austin Theory like two weeks later. That I was going to say, it, it's one thing to take it off of Seth, but to take it off of Seth that quickly to put it on Austin, Austin Theory. Theory. Like if Lashley won, I wouldn't have been mad. If Lashley oh, yeah. was right. It's like fine. Let's, let's be honest here. Lashley right now ha- is just killing motherfuckers. And I love it. Yeah. I love, I it, love it. He even said after on a digital exclusive, like, I don't give a damn. I'm not here to win matches. I'm here to just basically this fuck people up. The and I was like, version of Lashley that I love. This yes. so Bobby Lashley Lashley is somebody for many years that I struggled to get behind because I felt like you have this big dude. Let him be the muscle. Let him be the power. Let him be ruthless and just come out here with the only agenda is to knock heads. Like, that's Mm -hmm. that's what he should do. And I was really disappointed because I felt like there were multiple times over recent years that They've had ample opportunity to do so, and I feel like they played with it, but they just yeah. haven't gone full force. And what we're seeing right now from him is full force, and that's what I want out Absolutely. of Lashley. That's what I've been like yearning for with yeah. with this person because are... he's it's he's not a bad talent. No, book terribly at times. So yeah. this is what I want to see. I don't want to freaking see mm. what was it uh, a while back? It was the whole Lashley and. Rusev thing and Lana, oh, Lana baby. And Liv oh and my Liv. god! Why are you using this gigantic slab of worry. muscle? Like At least that? he wasn't dressed up and pretending to be his sister. Remember that? Kid? Oh, Remember that shit with Sami Zayn god. back in the day when he showed? What the fuck? Listen. But this is what we're seeing now. Is what I loved about him in Impact. This is the destroyer. Yes. That, yes. that he was an impact coming into WWE. They did a little bit of this with the Hurt Business, which ended too quickly. Mm-hmm. And now they seem to be wrapping back around and doing this again. And I love it. I don't know if that means we'll get the Hurt Business back, but oh. at least we have the destroyer that was Bobby Lashley on WWE television. Because he he literally orchestrated the whole damn thing. First, he fucked up Seth. Then Austin Theory comes out. Then Bobby fucks him up, puts him in a puts him in a hurt lock till he turns purple and passes out and tosses his ass back in the ring. If it weren't for Bobby, none of this shit happens. So he just And by the way, I, I was almost going to criticize and ask why the referee at Crown Jewel wasn't fired when he had somebody in a hurt lock. So clearly, both his shoulders are up when he's on the ground, and you're counting three anyway. But thank you because you pissed this man off enough to make him remember who the fuck he is. What is it? Lashley being the destroyer shows what happens when you get that that old man fuck that old man funk out of WWE. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet Gorilla doesn't smell like liniment and Worthers anymore. That's probably nice. <laughs> hey, don't knock the Worthers, okay? I love Worthers, by the way. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm I used to have I used to have residents at the nursing home that would have them like all you know dried up and stuck together in their pockets, and they would hand them to me. Like right before they go to bed, and like my that was the highlight. Of, that was the highlight of my freaking night. Okay, it was my like grandmother would do like, the same thing drink. when I was little. It's like thanks. I like was going into yes, empty bedpans like an excited dog that just went outside to go potty because I knew I was getting a treat afterwards. Okay, like- <laughs> here you go, girl. <laughs> 
No, I, I'm not knocking them. I'm just stating a fact. It probably doesn't smell like like that anymore back there, and that's a good thing. And and Bobby being the destroyer is even better. And I think we're gonna we're gonna talk a little dynamite. We're gonna wrap this shit up because good lord, we're, I'm having fun, but nothing lasts forever. So <laughs> <laughs> going into AEW, we saw oh my god, we saw so many things on dynamite. Like we saw. We saw the acclaimed and FTR team up to take out the ass boys. That was fun. And then what we got after that was a set of promos from MJF and John Moxley that were absolutely better than some matches on television. I don't care if MJF was on location because he's shooting that Von Erich film. John Moxley (laughs) was mid ring. I mean, just, just the, the, First of all, MJF talks, I'm listening. I don't give a shit what it's about. He could read a fucking phone book, and I'd be like, all right, go ahead, homie. And I'm not Bruce, so there's that. You can take it le- You can take it legitimately, because I'm not the biggest MJF mark. But him coming out, talking about how he's the devil, and, and, and you know, he ran across John Moxley once, and, you know, this time he's a different person, and then Moxley coming back and, and cutting a promo where he says to William Regal, like, Hey, you remember when I was a young punk kid? We ran into one another, and, and I busted your eardrum. And who won that match? Who does that remind you of? <laughs> Regal's like, well, I won that match, and it reminds me of MJF, you know. And and Mox basically telling him like, look, dude, I've been some places and I've seen some shit. You call yourself the devil, you ain't it, son. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, honestly, like. I just want to get, since it's been going for a while now, and it's probably the longest current story in AEW, I want to get your feelings on this rivalry leading into full gear, because it's just been intense. And I want to start with Mike. Talk to me about last week and this thing overall between MJF and Mox and where you're at with it. This thing is amazing, especially for a replacement storyline. Because if you remember, it was supposed to be MJF and CM Punk. So Mm. this being a replacement storyline and being this intriguing is very awesome. I think that, like like you said, every time MJF has the mic, like you have to listen because he's going to cut an insane promo. And I'll tell you this right now, like who's better than MJF on the mic? Nobody. And I would even say who's better than MJF on the mic of all time? Because here's the thing, you have the players, you have the Austins, you have the Rocks, but they all were very gimmicky when they were talking. MJF kind of just sounds like he's being his self when he's talking, and it's still intriguing to the point where you have to listen. The Rock had to do the millions and millions. Stone Cold had a million catchphrases. Ric Flair had the woos. MJF doesn't have those gimmicks. Oh, I do love the woo. I know. I love it, too. I love it, too. <laughs> I'm saying, like, who was talking like MJF? We better time. not get into Ric Flair again. We'll get in trouble. <laughs> Ted will suspend us all after that last episode with Ivy. <laughs> if but, you didn't see it, she actually asked two grown men if we had helicoptered. Go back and watch. <laughs> Hold on. Speaking of that, Mike. No. <laughs> I didn't ask you this question. Ted's watching. No. <laughs> Ted helicopters by himself in the mirror, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Oh, mental picture. <laughs> um, no comment. 
He took it better than Bruce. If you remember, Bruce turned six shades of purple when Ivy brought this up. He, he definitely did. Although, I just wanted to express the point that as a woman, it's just the whole helicopter thing is something that I've always like dreamed of being able to do. And then, I don't know why I never thought about it, but Grandma gave me the greatest suggestion. So, it's, it's in the works. It's in the works, and I'm going to get my helicopter experience one of these days, okay? She literally took now. notes from Grandma. <laughs> I did. I wrote them down. Shout out, Grandma. Mm. So, so, okay, let's turn this helicopter around, so to speak, and get back to the topic. <laughs> but, all right, but just so people don't see this and think that I sound fucking crazy, do you understand what I'm saying when I say no, totally. everyone else was always like, Back in the day, you would have all these great promos, but it was very gimmicky. It was very unrealistic. Like, no one's talking like Ric Flair. No one's screaming. Because they, they were speaking to you as the character. character. MJF is speaking to you as the person. That's the difference. At least he makes you feel that him, way. That, yeah, that's what makes him so successful when it comes this to is gonna... being on the mic and, and cutting promos. Because he gives you that realistic feeling that you don't always get. Roro. No, but I, I totally agree with, with what she's saying. Like you, you have no, the realism when he talks. So yeah, I, I you know what I was him in like goat territory. Forgive me because I'm a psycho and I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I think it tracks. MJF is to modern wrestling what the Undertaker was in the 90s. The man lived his gimmick in and out of a ring. Maybe he didn't talk, yeah, but but he wore black. He did everything to make you believe that the Undertaker was real. I met the Undertaker when I was younger. Like me too. <laughs> I would say like '97, right? I remember I was like three years old and fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. Right? But I remember like it was some signing, and like nowadays you go to a signing, you got like wrestlers just like being like one of the people. Undertaker had the voice, the fucking gear. He wore his gear to a signing mm-hmm. in Central Park. My man yeah. was wearing his gear, wrestling boots and all. And I, he was, what's your name? Like I watched him. I watched him walk into the Spectrum when I was eleven years old, and getting out of the car, he was in full gear, makeup, hair in his face, hat on. Walked down, and every kid he saw, he turned, he looked them, including me, and rolled his eyes in the back of his fucking head. Last of a dying breed. I'm 11, and I need a clean pair of shorts. (laughs) (laughs) But but that is what MJF does with this gimmick. It is if if it ain't him, he makes you believe that it is inside, outside, everywhere, everywhere. I don't care if it's signing, you know, children's or 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 women's autographs to whore or. Or or grabbing a kid's picture and saying, fuck you, MJF. You know, like, here you go. It, it, it's on that same level. And I'm not saying I didn't enjoy Mox in WWE. In WWE. At points, it was good. Sometimes it was really fucking bad. But in AEW, oh, he is... Oh, <laughs> the, the gas mask, you oh, know, the, the, the cage match with a potted plant. Like, like you go on and on, but... but and AEW as Mox, it is a whole other animal. Like, this dude is a fucking beast. I've always liked him. I fucking love this guy now. I almost don't want him to lose to MJF, but I do. <laughs> like, like it, it, 
he's that good. I don't want him to, but I, but I do. Because <laughs> I love him, but I want him to lose anyway. Like, go take your vacation. You, you earned it. Fuck Phil. He's over here on UFC Fight Night with some weird haircut and a fucking suit. <laughs> and that, that kind of brings me into one of the topics I wanted to discuss, because we saw Sam Punk pop up on a UFC event doing commentary, and then we saw finally Vignettes uh, where the Elite appeared in things that looked like they were showing up at full gear and they weren't just like Thanosing into non-existence anymore. <laughs> so are we, are, are we finally at the point where we're going to get a resolution to this whole scrum fight? Somebody bit somebody, maybe somebody bit a dog. Larry lost a tooth bullshit. Because <laughs> I'm over it at this point. I was over it the next day. Like, I had a good time watching wrestling, and then the scrums showed up. And it was like, oh, no. How you gonna fucking, how you gonna fucking ruin my, ruin my morning after a great weekend of wrestling? From, like, every promotion. How are you gonna fuck this up for me? God damn. MJF brought it up too on this past week's episode too, which was he did, and I loved him for it. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that, Brian. Ric Flair on a mic wasn't an act. The lifestyle he talked about, Ric Flair, we we brought that up again. I think it was when Ivy was with us. Like he lived that gimmick too. He spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. He lost hundreds of thousands of wives and Rolexes. Ric Flair's promos was he's still doing it. That's it. Like, he's still out there trying to be the kiss-stealing, wheeling, dealing son of a gun, and I love him for it. (laughs) Oh, no. She's muted. I think Ivy's muted. See, this is why we shouldn't talk about Ric Flair. It always breaks your stuff. (laughs) God damn you, Flair. Mm. Fuck. Once again, I'm 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 giving things for the audio pod. She's over here saying fuck. <laughs> now she's pouting. We gotta give her like Oscar and Eo Sky. I'm gonna try just popping her out, popping her back in, see if that that does anything. Ivy. No. Damn it, she says. <laughs> she's asking for a minute, and that's fine. Do what you got to do. Hopefully, she'll return in a second. But yeah. well, I mean, even Don Marie wasn't with the Impact players for their whole run. So, yeah, even she <laughs> dipped, and then Francine showed up. So this will All be right. Francine coming in. Yeah, <laughs> that baby's gonna show up as Francine in a couple seconds. <laughs> I mean, I know she had been having some little audio trouble during the show, and it was like, okay, I'll put up with it because Ivy, we love her, but she got to have some type of audio. Let's see. Are you, I think you're still muted. Oh, that sucks. She said, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we could blame Ric Flair. Fuck it's him. all Ric Flair's fault. You did again. Look, Flair, it, it was bad enough that you had a match in 2022. Now right. Opera pressing talk. Go away. Right. Speaking of people having matches in 2022, of course, you know, Jeff Jarrett's been back lately and uh, just booked for full gear. We're going to get Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, which was 
the oh, Ric Flair's team. last match tag team, and then go back, going up against Sting and Darby at Full Gear. And since I haven't really, let's see, can we hear her? If this doesn't work. Oh, wait, I hear you now. I heard it. I swear. I hear me too, but that's okay. Everything. Okay. <laughs> that's God. all right. We'll deal with some echoes. I'm sure people would rather deal with First echoes than see you. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, I haven't had a chance to talk about it because we didn't bring it up on the last episode and, you know, but Jeff Jarrett showing up in AEW is like, okay, I know people are talking down on this, but I like it. I like it too. I'm glad you like it because. Okay. I'm not I, alone. Cool. I'm the only one who liked that shit on Circle of Debate. They were like, what the fuck is he doing here? I'm I was like, defending you in the comments after the fact. I I'd know, I asleep, homie. My bad. <laughs> Like, like, because if you go back, like TNA, when he jumped it off, got everything going and got it to its to to where eventually Dixie would have, like when he was running that shit. Yeah, maybe he was world champion a few too many times, but who else did they have? At the same time, he built this company from the ground up and he made it true competition to WWE. Mm-hmm. And then his demons got the better of. You know, I mean, and people say, well, yeah, and he stole Kurt Angle's wife. But that shit was storyline. He had done that long before. Like, that was that was the thing that was squashed that they just played off. Also, Kurt Angle and his wife was in the middle of a separation when it wasn't like, you know, all is good and one's cheating. It wasn't like, yeah, they were a happy couple and then Jeff just came in and said, well, this is a, this is a nice home. I hate divorced. to blow it up. <laughs> yeah, they were all but divorced when Karen went with Jeff. So, like, Thank you. So, you know, until his demons got the best of him. Impact was amazing, and and it was built on the back of Jeff Jarrett. He also, like he said, comes from a family that is generations deep in this business. And hasn't everyone been talking about AEW needing somebody that you can respect in the back to run the operation and keep people in line and this and the other? Outside of Jeff Jarrett, who else else can you get that's going to be better? I mean, they have Regal. Regal Regal could But he doesn't want it. True. But also, like, uh, another <laughs> another reason why I love Jeff Jarrett in AEW is people, like, they, they think about just, like, storylines, and they think about, oh, well, he was champion for too many times. But look at the type of shit he did in TNA. One, the innovative matches that he brought. Mm-hmm. Like, Ultimate X was his brainchild. The six-sided yeah. ring was his brainchild. Got that Monsters from Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball, <laughs> all that, right? But then on King top of the Mountain of that, Match. Yeah. <laughs> but on top of all that, Look at the talent that he gave a start to. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. Samoa Mr. Joe. Yeah. The list goes on and on and on and on. AJ Styles was the first man signed to TNA. Yeah. That's when he was a no-namer in 2002. Had a yeah. couple appearances in WCW, was wrestling in Ring of Honor, but was not really a star. No, not even Jeff Jarrett saw potential in AJ Styles. Now, aw. <laughs> Show still. Evil Kitty. <laughs> She's a bitch. <laughs> All cats are evil. We say this to Wendy all the time. No, they're not. I'm a dog person. I got got dogs. You and me both. I don't have dogs right now, but I'm a dog person. He's got a dog tag. This is Luna. Hi, Luna. I have a chinchilla named Luna. She's like sitting right over there. So many dirty dirty jokes running through my mind right now, but I respect Ivy, so I'm going to shut my mouth. Zoo here. Like, if I could, I would have both of the parrots on my shoulder right now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do love the parrots. 
But yeah, I, I mean, it, it, so, you know, bringing him in is actually kind of a decent move. I know people are hating on it. I, I get why. I don't but think at the it's same bad. Time, see, you, uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's bad. And you guys, you know, touched on a lot of the things that make it make sense. Um, Jeff Jarrett is somebody that with his name and his background, he really can go anywhere. Yeah. And he's going to be an asset. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, one-sided or the other when it comes to, you know, the different federations that you're a fan of. Jeff Jarrett has literally, like, had his hands in all of the pots. So at this point, he's somebody that is likable by pretty much any fan base, which is what AEW needs. They Mm -hmm. need somebody in there kind of mentoring the back because this is a man who has seen it all, been there, done it, bought the T-shirt. And, you know, has the phone number on speed dial. So, like, that is going to be so detrimental to the locker room in learning how to work the fans. That's going to be detrimental to creative in knowing what people are looking for. And he's 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 a freaking, like, pioneer in the freaking wrestling community. Like, he's, he's just somebody that works no matter where he goes. Like, you could literally put this guy in, like, walmart and tell him to run a freaking wrestling show and it's gonna be good like i'm gonna yeah. watch it you That's know and it's, it's gonna, gonna be gonna funny <laughs> it is. people are gonna you know? be freaking lining That's up I mean. like and, and going and to home goods to find chairs so, like, just they imagine, them in the match. just imagine you're a young talent in AEW, right and you've got guys in the back like samoa joe jay lethal and countless others saying to you like you need to listen to jeff that man made me a star yeah even if people don't know already and they're telling you immediately, Jeff, Jeff gets the respect of that locker room mm-hmm. yep. immediately. Even if you're not old enough or you didn't watch TNA, you know, shit about shit. When Samoa Joe and those guys could look at you and go, that man saw something in me and he made me a star. You listen to every word he says, you're going to go. That, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever you say. The head of talent relations is Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Like, who made Christopher Daniels a star? Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, like the head of talent relations could tell you, like, I was nothing till that man showed up. And now look at me. Listen to every word he says. And something that's ironic and something that I love is on next Friday's episode of uh, The DeLorean is going to be going back in time to Bound for Glory 2006. And this is not by design. It just ends up landing on that where it was Sting versus Jeff Jarrett in 06. Yeah. And now we're going to have Sting versus Jeff Jarrett in 2022. In, in 2022. We're just adding Darbs and Jay Lethal to the mix. Yeah. <laughs> a little Darbs, a little Jay. Poor little Darbs. He's so skinny. <laughs> you, last week when he did that uh, suicide. Not, every, not everybody's, you know, 6'2". He, you know, and, it, you know, 225. I'm fine with that because he's by far a better talent on Mike and in ring than like Dom Mysterio, who's the same size. But the only the only beef that I really have with him is he stole my wife's Daisy Dukes and pantyhose and never even paid for them. <laughs> so I'm mad. I mean, Darby, you made a lot of money. Can you throw a little our way for the Daisy Dukes and the pantyhose? I mean, you already dug. You already dug that coat you're wearing out of Abyss's garbage. Like, like... (laughs) oh my god! I just, I just had like the mental image of like dumpster diving through like this dark. 
You could like, see Darby Allen doing it though, couldn't you? Yeah, that like that's what I'm saying. Like, I just have, like this like this creepy like dark alleyway with like a dumpster that looks like it hasn't been emptied in 25 years, and like I could just see him like leaping in with just his feet dangling and grabbing Abyss's coat. Like, and, and and thank you, thank you, Lennox. Yes, Jeff Jor- Jeff Jarrett has definitely opened a lot of forbidden doors in his career. In every which way possible. <laughs> yeah, and you know he's we love you too, talent. Teddy. He's not just a talent. He's coming in, and I believe he's like the director of some shit, right? But he he has a bigger role in the company, and he's also going to be. I think the rumor is he's also going to be working with Tony Khan on more live events and house shows for AEW, which is a really cool concept because I think that that could bring more revenue to the company as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I was right there with you too, Linux. We. We touched on that a little earlier. When Mia came back, I was barking the fuck out. I love that. I love that woman. I have loved that woman since the original TNA run. Like, back when she was in the fucking dollhouse. <laughs> With Taryn Terrell and Marty Bell. <laughs> and they actually came out to Courtney Love and everything. It was beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm a, I'm a deep, deep Mia Young fan. Wendy actually actually watched her a lot in northern virginia because she she grew up in that area and she did a lot of the indie scene up there so she's seen her like time and time again i'm sure she was freaking the fuck out yeah i remember when that was um uh prince nana's main squeeze in the embassy yes <laughs> yes it's going all yeah. the way like 2010 shit you know and and me, me as a draw Mia's definitely a draw. If anything, she might draw Keith Lee back to WWE, which wouldn't be so bad. But uh, I think maybe the last the the last thing I want to talk about because, like, obviously Danielson Guerrero and Guevara was insane. I, I don't think there's anything I could say that would really put it that would really put any justice on that, like what they did in that match. It was it was incredible. But the last thing I want to talk about. It's of course Soraya. Where is Soraya? I don't know anymore. <laughs> is this Soraya? You mean Paige? You mean Paige? The artist formerly known as Paige. Like <laughs> when she came out to address the crowd and Dr. Britt Baker and actually announced that she was a hundred percent cleared to wrestle and had that moment where she just like totally fourth wall broke and emotionally broke down mid-ring. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> if you look at Britt Baker's eyes, even Britt, they were watering up also, so it was... even Britt got about, oh, it's Sriracha. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, it is Sriracha. <laughs> oh my god. She's Nick definitely said, hot and spicy, so I'll give Nick you that. on my show, right? He, right? Sriracha. I, I mean, he he's not wrong because because real talk. I've had a crush on pay, uh, on Soraya since like NXT minimum. Like I, she's pale, she's black hair. I know, but she's zombie hot. I can't help myself. She's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing. She's pale. <laughs> I, my wife is pale. I'm into that shit. <laughs> I just. I just love the way she's pale. She's. I'm like, you look like you need some sun. How you do that? <laughs> we are all the UW pod. Yes, the, even love. this show, even though it's on the Rewind Network, is also sponsored by the UW pod. There, I said it, Nick. 
cut the check. <laughs> but, but See, I don't, the, I don't the, like checks. Cash only, please. Cash at me. <laughs> no, don't do that because now the government's tracking that too. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, straight cash, homie. <laughs> Co- coffee, coffee can in the backyard, baby. That's what yeah, I Yeah, yeah. Leave, leave it under the fox in in front of the house. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, it, it was it was it was amazing to see her get that emotional. Even to see Brit like break character and start like welling up, and then almost immediately it turned on a dime. And and you know, Brit tries to attack her. You get well, what was known as the rampage. I don't know what they're going to call it now, but but what was where she picks him up, kind of does the DDT rampage. suplex combo. And they hit her music, and she's still like sobbing. And then they announced that we're going to have Brit versus Sriracha at full gear. <laughs> and I've already had people asking me, like fans of the show, asking me going into this, who's going to win? Who's going to win? I'm like, can't you wait for next week? <laughs> so you know what? Fuck it. Let's give them a preview. Who do you think wins this match at full gear when Soraya? Takes on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Ivy. All right. So, this is going to depend, really, in my opinion, on what is next for both of these women, right? right. Is are we going to see Paige with a more time routine schedule? Is she going to be there and be present and kind of, you know, do a weekly or bi-weekly type of appearance or is this just going to be kind of like a let's let her get in get her feet wet kind of you know get her bearings a little bit and figure out what she wants to do right i think that if giving her the if if we're going to go the route where she's going to be somebody who we're going to see routinely Paige should get the win or soraya whatever she should be getting the win the reason being is because she deserves that, right? She's been through hell and back in this business. And I mean, she was at a point where she was told that she would likely never wrestle again. So mm-hmm. the fact that she's back and she's been cleared and she can get into the ring, if she's coming back full force, they need to give her that moment and they need to give her the ability to immediately jump in and be on top. However, Absolutely. if this is going to be something where we're really not quite sure we're going to see her all the time if this is going to be you know maybe once a month maybe you know here and there just pop in pop out maybe a few dark matches then let her take the l but at least have her name in there to give her some sort of relevance so i really think that it it could go either way i think it just depends on what her future really does look like moving forward in the business makes sense i she had me on the however part i was just about to move on she was like however <laughs> Please continue to speak. Sorry, witch woman. Don't don't curse me. I don't need any spells. I'm good. Do do that kind of magic. At least not towards you, Dom. <laughs> I appreciate that, De Niro. Who do you think wins this at full gear? The fans. Nah, I'm joking. Oh well, yeah, that's obviously. <laughs> nah, I don't. <Me. laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think Soraya. I mean, this is a big moment that she's stepping back into the ring. I don't think she loses her big comeback matchup. But it, like like Ivy said, it depends. Like if this is a one-off, if this is like she just wants to have one last matchup go out her way, 
then I think that, you know, the right thing to do would to be put over the future, which is Britt Baker. But right. I think that if she's coming back, she's coming back probably full-time. And mm-hmm. if she does come back full-time, her first match back has to be a victory. Yeah. I mean, she definitely made it sound like she's down for one more run, minimum. Yeah. But she was telling Britt Baker flat out, like, you think you're a big deal? I've been all over the world. I was creating revolutions before wrestling even came into your life. I've done this. I've done that. <laughs> I, you know, and, and it did not sound like a one-off, at least in that moment. And, you know, I look at these two and, and immediately think of, like, unfortunately, in this case, but, but the comparison, I got to make it, Punk versus yeah. Darby. When Punk hmm. came back and faced Darby after all that time out of a ring and everything else, like at that moment, Darby was the hot shit in AEW. But Punk was Punk. You know, this guy that's been everywhere, done everything, won everything. And they got and they got together at a pay-per-view. If that's what you want to call it. Had an absolutely amazing match that Punk ended up winning. And it didn't really hurt Darby whatsoever. And I feel like we're heading in the same direction with Soraya, a.k.a. Sriracha, so Nick will cut me the check. Oh, I mean, send me the cash. I I feel like, you know, like, yeah, Brett Baker is hot shit in AEW. Like, absolutely. Without a title, with or without a title, regardless of what, of what, of where she stands in their rankings, which I don't even know when the last time they updated them was. Right. Britt Baker is Britt Baker at AEW, and she's kind of a big deal there. But Soraya is a big deal, like, world fucking Everywhere. wide. She has a fucking biopic. She's like, she has a, yeah, <laughs> she has a fucking biopic. She, people, that, people that don't watch wrestling and watch Total Divas know her and love her. Okay? <laughs> like, she is world-renowned where Britt Baker is more of a niche. And so... yeah. I could see this going the same way as Punk and Darby. Like, they're going to have an absolutely amazing match. And it will not hurt Britt Baker to lose. But it will mean everything for Soraya's impending comeback. Like, if she gets that win in her first match back, like, you know she's a legit player moving forward. And then there's other matches, you know, in the pipe. They're like, ooh, yeah, I kind of want to see that. I kind of want to see that, you know. Her and like, Tony Storm, I think that's going to be her awesome. And Tony, her and Tony Storm, her and Jamie Hayter, even maybe her and a returning Thunder Rosa, whatever, she comes the fuck back. Like, I'd love to see that. But but getting a win here would put her in position to have those type of marquee matches later on and would keep Britt pretty much right where she is. So for all the people who couldn't wait till next week, there you go. There's your answer. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to be saying this all over again next Friday. So make sure you tune in. (laughs) Subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button. Yes. Hit the like button on the video. Hit subscribe. Go in the Go buy an Ivy fan shirt. We're getting to that part. Go into the description. (laughs) Click on the circle of debate link. Subscribe to them. Watch their videos. Mike's all over that shit. There you go. (laughs) He came prepared. Speaking of coming prepared, now that we're going to wrap this shit up, now that we've said all this, De Niro, let the people know where they can find you and the West Coast crew. <laughs> well, you can find us here. Well, not here. Well, I always say here because I'm usually giving this spiel on the Circle of Debate. But you can find us on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel uh, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with 
Ivan, the devious one, with uh, Chris Kennedy, who put out a new fucking song with his group today, Fate Destroyed, called 47. Awesome song. Check it out. So and good. With, uh, with Matt Callis. So check out Circle Debate and also the Wrestling DeLorean podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Circle Debate YouTube channel. So like every week we have like nine and ten fucking shows that come out. So there's a lot of content coming out. So hit um, that subscribe button. Ivan? Ivan? What? <laughs> he needs me, fellas. <laughs> we all need a little Ivy in our lives. Let's be real. <laughs> this is Ivan. This okay. Is the one and only time that you guys ever hear these words come out of my mouth, Ivan, just slide into my DMs. Oh, <laughs> oh, there you go, Ivan. We hooked you up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, most definitely, like check out Circle Debate. It's the homies. That's family right there. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on, Dom. You know I'm always down to come oh, on. And- no. It's been no too long since I've been on. I'm the honorary. It's been too member. long since. Yeah, I was just about to say that you're the honorary fourth. I'm about to make Ivy the honorary you fifth member. I, the paternity test is still out there, but I could be. Yeah, Y'all saw the conspiracy theory show. Mysterio, <laughs> Dom Mysterio, shit. Like we need Maury. <laughs> we need Maury to do this. Okay, <laughs> if you look at the two of us side by side, you can see the resemblance. <laughs> I'm about to name Ivy the fifth member. We're just going to be the Furious Five from now on. <laughs> I just want to say, like, I I was supposed to be on Circle Debate yesterday, and then, like, my whole fucking area lost power for, like, 12 hours. So, sorry I wasn't on Circle Debate, but hopefully next week I'll be on every episode of Circle Debate and every episode of the Wrestling Learning Podcast. I don't know if... Dom is still on here. It looks like he's having some issues there. I'll, <laughs> I'll try to take over. So Ivy, tell people about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here looking at the fact that Dom is definitely having te- uh, technical difficulties there. Um, I think he, I don't know if he forgot to take his meds or if his batteries died. Something happened. <laughs> Something happened. Um, yeah. So anyhow, rewind freaking podcast, y'all. That's where you find me. Um, Sometimes you're lucky enough to get me every single week, unless I do what I do best and fall asleep and don't make it to our recording time. It's happened a time or two, but it's okay because I still make my appearances when and where it's needed. Um, like, follow, share, subscribe. Everything is at Rewind Podcast. So awesome. That's it. That's all. <laughs> well, this was a hell of a show. <laughs> Definitely was. I don't know what's going on with uh, Dom, but yikes. I don't know, but I had a great time and. <laughs> Tune in next week, everybody. (laughs) See you then. Take care. I just realized I I can't turn off the live because I'm not the host. We can't. (laughs) Well, Dom, we're going to be live for the rest of the night if you don't come back on. (laughs) Apparently, we're just going to sit here. I don't want him to uh, lose anything. So, do do. What what do we want to turn this into? Is this top rope after dark? (laughs) Yes, right? I think he actually oh, hit me that photo. Let me see if he even knows what's going on. He probably and my I'm using my phone right now, so I can't even like access anything. He he said my power blinked. I'll be back in a second. So okay, so I'm, we'll just we'll just hang here, do to do, <laughs> make general I, conversation. Imagine it's like three o'clock in the morning. We're like, come on, Dom, hurry up. <laughs>
Listen, I'm here for it if need be. I'll stay on this damn stream. But I don't know how many people want to want to start listening as it starts to get weird because it'll get weird eventually. I'm very sleep deprived. Same here. I, I just started a new job and my schedule's been crazy. So I think I've got like maybe at most like six wow. hours a week. I just started a new job too, almost a year ago, but um, I'm still not quite adjusted to daytime life because I worked overnights for six and a half years. So, <laughs> okay, yay, we're back. I'm You're sorry, good. Guys. We kind of took uh, care of everything for you. Yeah, uh, I appreciate I that. I'm cold. sitting here, and all of a sudden, my power blink, power blinks, and my internet goes out, and I'm like, "You guys are frozen." I'm like, "Well, what happened was we, I tried to like you know jump in and save the show, and then I realized, wait a minute, I'm not the host, so I can't sign out of the show. <laughs> so we're just going to sit here until something's." <laughs> yeah oh it my tur- god it turned, in- it turned into top rope after dark almost <laughs> god damn it i'm even pissed that i missed it i'm so sorry about that guys i'm sitting here waiting like, for my guys, internet Wait i'm sitting here waiting on my internet oh man it's I okay got- oh i was i oh. almost had to start to improvise okay <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> Almost, but I I, I'm, I'm okay with Mike improvising. I'm not sure about Ivy. <laughs> you know, and that's only because I know her. <laughs> it's a disaster if I have to start to improvise. I was getting so, I was like sitting and recording last night. Rewind. And, you know, as we're talking, sometimes, like when I have a really long day at work, you know, I get a little stimulated. And, um, I'm sitting there and as everybody is talking and kind of going back and forth, I'm making like paper airplanes and paper footballs and like throwing them at the freaking screen and Kev is cracking up as I'm doing it. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, we could just do an entire, you know, eight hour stream of me just sitting here doing random things. I I appreciate you guys coming on so much. (laughs) This was so much fun. fun. I guess Top Rope is now the Furious Five from now on. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, Dom, be proud of me. I didn't fall asleep tonight. You didn't. I'm so proud of you. I mean, that's up for you and for Wendy. That's a big deal. You deserve this. Oh, yeah, and, and Ivy, I know Ivan's asking here, if we're available at 6 o'clock tomorrow, Ivan's going to be doing the League Thanksgiving show on his channel. I'm going to try to pop in because my wife works kind of up until that time, so I'm gonna, I am gonna, I might be in late, but I'm going to try to jump in. It's it's open to you and the, the Rewind crew as well, so All maybe right. we Tell can get Ivan a few to send people. me the link. I could possibly bless him with my wonderfully beautiful face only because it's ivan and only because he's asking so nicely and the fact yeah, that he stated his first comment his first comment was i need you <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah. what you're gonna send her when you slide into her dms <laughs> there's a big difference between want and need and he didn't say want. he said no, need he that's My dedication right need. there he, he sounded I know Ivan, I know he's not exactly like this, but he sounded like one of them R&B cats in my head in that comment. Just, <laughs> I need you. <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate as long you guys. As it's not 
the the Coatesville nineteen nineties R and B guys walking around <laughs> asking me or telling me that they need me. Okay, it's Ivan. To, Ivan's cool. <laughs> trying to trying to sing "Twisted" by Keith Sweat badly. <laughs> oh, this is getting totally off the rails again. I, I appreciate you guys coming through. I appreciate everybody from Brian to David to Ivan to Pepsi Phil, everyone that showed up in the live chat. Um. I would give you the social medias, but fuck it. You see the link tree at the bottom of the screen. It's going to be in the in the description on our audio podcast pages. And regardless of if your audio podcast, YouTube, just search for the Rewind Wrestling Network. That's W-R-E-W-I-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Damn it, Jeff Jarrett, ain't I great? <laughs> yep. So... Of course, for for my possible son, Mikey, and, and my witchy woman, Ivy, everyone enjoy your weekend. Stay safe out there. Enjoy wrestling, especially if it's not your cup of tea. Let somebody, let somebody else drink it. And we will catch you next week as I am going to go take my flustered ass somewhere else. <laughs> the grandma this week. Bye! <laughs> you can't stop. We won't stop. Stacking chips on record. Crushing every single enemy. Since Squad Flyboys, that's my logo. You already know.